Welcome to Living Out Loud, Storytelling for Social Change, the podcast where we come together as a community to share our stories and consider alternative perspectives on a wide range of topics. By sharing our stories, each and every one of us can help create the world we want to live in. Storytelling has the power to open minds, touch hearts, and inspire empathy and solidarity. It can move us to think and then act. The opinions and views expressed in this podcast are those of the faculty, staff, and student guests of each episode, but do not necessarily represent the views of Merrimack College. Welcome to Living Out Loud, Storytelling for Social Change. I'm Deborah Michaels, Director of Women's and Gender Studies, and I'm thrilled to have with me today my outstanding co-producer, Michael Senoff, and members of the GSA, the Gender and Sexuality Alliance at Merrimack College. We're going to talk today about the Transgender Day of Visibility, what it is, why it matters, and what we can all do to be better allies. Before we begin, I'd like to have my guests quickly introduce themselves. So we'll start with all of you. Rowan? Hi, I'm Rowan, and I'm the president of GSA at Merrimack, and I'm a junior this year, graduating in 2023. Hi, uh, I'm Rachel. I'm the vice president of GSA. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm a junior right now at Merrimack. Hi, my name's Maddie. Um, I'm a sophomore. I'm the secretary of GSA, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Michael, one of the producers for Living Out Loud. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm happy to be here listening to all of you. Thanks, everyone. So, the members of the GSA, all of you, reached out to us here at Living Out Loud, which we think is so great, um, about doing this podcast together. Can you say more about, about that, about why this podcast episode is so important to you? Yeah, I think, you know, we talked uh, briefly in one of our eboard meetings about what we wanted to do for Trans Day of Visibility and how we wanted to promote it and get people paying attention. Um, we talked about tabling um, on Main Street and SAC, and we also then kind of got into this conversation about how a lot of times when you when you feel like you're doing something where you're going to get a lot of student engagement, there's not much student engagement. You table in the SAC and not many people stop by, whatever. Um, and I've had the wonderful opportunity of being on this podcast before, and I know that uh, a lot of people have reached out to me saying that they heard the episode or that they listened to it. Um, and so it, it kind of came to mind to uh, ask you guys, because I know you're you're here and, and what you're doing is really important and amazing. And I knew that you would you would help us out. So we thought that it would be a, an amazing platform to help kind of spread the word of what Trans Day Visibility is and, and why it's so important, especially at Merrimack. So what is the Trans Day of Visibility? Uh, well, of the day, which I recently taught myself, and I thought it was really interesting, but generally it's just a day that brings visibility to trans people who are, you know, active in the community and also just in general that just exist. And it's just a day that kind of sheds spotlight on them and kind of just shows love to the T part of the LGBT acronym. Yeah. And I think um, this day, I think, is also about celebrating um, the successes and accomplishments of trans people in our community, but I think it also shines a light on the work that needs to be done to protect um, our, our uh, trans friends. I had read something about it also um, 
that the only other sort of um, day devoted to trans people in America is the Trans Day of Remembrance, right? And that, uh, as I understand it, focuses on the on the people who've been murdered um, and, and lives lost um, simply for existing as trans people in our country. Um, so when you think about this in relationship to that, how, how do you feel about the, the juxtaposition there? I think it's really important. Um especially because, you know, Trans Day of Remembrance is, is just a, a day to be aware of, of what trans people go through and, and um, just how living as a trans person in um, any, anywhere really, like how living as a trans person anywhere is uh, dangerous at times. And that can be really sad and, and really heavy for a lot of trans people in the world. Um, and so I think things like Trans Day of Visibility are really important because it's an annual day of awareness that we celebrate instead of being like sad or, or having this heavy weight on your shoulders that is like being a trans person uh, at times feels like a death sentence. Whereas Trans Day Visibility helps you to feel seen and heard and it's exciting and you're, you're prideful of your identity. And so I think it's really important to have both and to acknowledge both sides um, and that is the harsh reality that sometimes being trans uh, is dangerous, unfortunately, but also trans joy exists. And it's really important to acknowledge both of those things. Uh, to just jump on that, I, the trans joy phrase is just so like, I love that because I feel like whenever you mention like any trans like event or holiday or well, not holiday, but day people automatically assume that it's going to be like somber and solemn and just like obviously reflecting on those who were taken from us. And um, I have a quote here from the woman who actually made Trans Day Visibility, um, Rachel Crandall Crocker, pretty sure I said her name right. Um, she said that she wanted this day to celebrate living trans people and to kind of give trans people like just a happy day and a day for them to feel together with everybody and not so isolating as like trans day remembrance can sometimes be. I love the use of the word visibility because I think it speaks to not just joy, but to we are here, right? We're here. Like we don't have to hide. We want you to see us. We matter. We're, we count. Um, do, do you feel that too? And, and do you do anything special either as a group or individuals for um, the Transgender Day of Remembrance? I mean, of, of visibility. Um, it's March 31st. Everyone should know that, right? And it's, uh, I think I read somewhere and Maddie can correct me that it's, it's a relatively recent, um, you know, uh, day of, of, of commemoration and celebration. I mean, me personally, uh, I always, I'm, I'm a trans person. Um, and so on Trans Day Visibility, I just kind of remind myself that like, uh, I, I'm here and I am existing and that in and of itself is kind of an act of defiance um, against a lot of really rough things that we've been dealing with lately um, with a lot of like uh, anti-trans bills, um, all the discourse about trans athletes, um, just everything. And, and the fact that I'm here and existing is honestly really cool. It's kind of against a lot of those odds that are presented against trans people. Um, I also just like 
like to remind myself about my journey and where I started versus where I am now and how um, cool that is. Because as like a 14, 15 year old, when I was first coming out, it was like really scary. And, and I didn't really see myself as being somebody who would be able to like succeed as much as I have been. Um, and so for me, it's just kind of a day where I can just look back and reflect on my journey and just feel proud of myself and, and, um, my fellow trans friends, as Rachel put it, uh, that we're here and we're existing and we're thriving. Um, and I think that's really beautiful. And it's a day for me to celebrate my identity and, and the identity of others. Uh, to add what Deborah said earlier, um, it is a trans day of visibility is actually pretty recent. Um, it was first made in 2009. So that's not too long ago. And I feel like it's crazy to just think about how many things that exist for like the LGBTQ community, especially the trans community. A lot of the things that we have, like it's not really that long ago that we were given that. And it's just crazy that this is something that we are starting to see more in life. And also uh, just to say what I do on Trans Day Visibility, uh, I reach out to all my trans friends again, as Rachel said. <laughs> Uh, and I just, I just tell them how proud I am of them because a lot of my friends, I was with them when they came out and I've been with them since then. And I've like, I've just seen them grow and I've just seen them become so happy and so comfortable with themselves. And it's just great. And I feel like everyone should shed that light to their friends on that day. Um, as a group, as GSA, um, <clears throat> even though, uh, trans day of, of um, visibility is on Thursday, we have our usual meetings on Mondays. Um, so this coming Monday, um, we're just kind of celebrating as a uh, group with like, you know, all of our members. Um, and we're gonna talk about, um, I believe like very um, more recent, like um, news about trans people and trans celebrities and all this stuff on that day. And then on Thursday, the actual day, um, obviously this podcast will, um, will be there and then I believe on our social media, we'll be posting a lot of stuff um, to celebrate. That's great. Are there things that you would like to see the college do? Um, are there, you know, what are your goals on a bigger, on a bigger level um, that you think that, uh, that this day can help bring to light? Um, you know, I think really, you have, you have a lot of ambitions, you have a lot of hopes for what the future is going to look like. And sometimes those goals can be really big. And so I think the, the, where you start is by condensing and, and kind of picking and choosing. So really what my first kind of recommendation or my piece of advice that I give people is when they, when they ask me what they can do to better support is just to listen. So like if your students are coming to you with an issue or, or, um, if GSA brings something to student government or to um, a higher up in any way, listen to what they have to say because students are obviously the ones living in this situation um, and day to day, literally living here as residential students, um, we see kind of the most uh, change or lack of change or, or whatever. And um, so it's really important to listen to those voices because they're kind of your, your, your uh, eyes on the ground. Um, or in the field, I guess. And so to listen and to just be open-minded and hear what they have to say and then kind of reevaluate then what we as an institution can do to better 
support trans people on campus. And so I, I really think just like getting a conversation going, things like this podcast or um, things like the Unity and Diversity Days, I know we have a couple of those coming up and some of them are gonna be focused on um, trans issues. And that's really cool. And that is how we start effectively promoting change. Have you seen any difference from when you arrived at Merrimack to what you, you're seeing now around this, this kind of issue of, of, of support, visibility? Are, there, are we doing more? Are we getting better? Is there more you think we should be doing? Everybody got really quiet. I think that that was a tough one. <laughs> Gosh, I feel like I just have too much to say on this. One. <laughs> You're going to have to cut me off at some point, Deborah. Um, I think like j just from my personal experience, obviously I can't speak on anybody else's, but we have gotten better. And I think part of me is hesitant to say that because like I mentioned before, I have these big goals for what I want in the future. Um, and so sometimes those little points of progress are hard to recognize, but there have, they, they have been there. And that's why I think it's important to recognize them. Um, because sometimes you can feel really stuck when you're fighting for change. Um, because these things are like itty bitty little baby steps. Um, and they're very important baby steps. I don't want it to seem like I'm diminishing them, but they, they can sometimes be disheartening when you want big things. Um, but for example, the inclusion of the Unity and Diversity Days. Um, I've been on more panels and podcasts and things um, of this nature in the past two years than I like have ever heard anybody, any of my friends who are older than me, any of my friends who are alumni um, have ever even heard of being on campus. Um, and so that's really cool. That's, that's, like I said, a great first step is starting those conversations. Um, when I came onto campus, my birth name was still plastered everywhere on everything. And even though my name is still barely legally changed, um, they have updated my Mac card. I have a new email. It's um, my preferred name is on Blackboard, everything. Um, and so that's really cool. And these are really positive changes. Um, so yes, we are getting there. I think we have a long way to go, but at the same time, we have made good first steps. I will say this, that, and you probably know this, the history of any any moment of social change and any groups that have tried to secure a social change, they're filled with lots of these small victories before you see larger victories. And I don't think you can get to bigger victories, right, until you create an environment that is open to change. And I think what you've been pointing to speaks to that, right, that we're, we are seeing an, an environment more open to change. Um, Maddie, I know you had something you wanted to say. Yeah, so I totally agree with what Rowan said. Like, I can see, at least from my point of view, I can see little bits of change from my friends that go here that happen to be trans. And while I'm so happy that they get to have these little bits of progress, it's just like you kind of wish that all of it could just snap and suddenly just be the way you want it to be. But really, like, I've freshman year, I'd say I didn't really see that much on inclusion or even like LGBT related things. But I mean, <laughs> I hear about a lot of it from Rowan since he is on like everything. <laughs> but um, I just feel like there's a lot more like resources and just the amount of exposure, I feel is definitely greater than when I started to go here. Hopefully that changes 
when I graduate that it'll be the way that I wish it would be, although that is a grand uh, hope. And I also just feel like it's more, I don't know, it's just more apparent in my day-to-day life. And also I feel like GSA has also expanded a bunch in their outreach and everything since when I first came here, I guess. Your numbers have also expanded. I mean, I've been the faculty advisor for a few years now, and, and I remember when GSA was, you know, six students, um, you know, and, and lucky if you could get eight. Yeah, Rachel, what are you thinking? Um, I was just about to say, um, for like in terms of GSA, I remember my freshman year two years ago, you know, walking in and there was like the e-board and then like four other people. And it was a really small group and it was a really good group. And and this year, um, I think it was our first meeting. We had like, um, I forget what it's called, but um, oh, the um, like everyone sitting at tables um, and <laughs> I'm, oh my God, I'm running out of words to say. Um, and oh, the involvement fair, that's what it's called. Oh, brain, brain stopped working for a second. We had a lot of people come to the table and I was so surprised and so happy. And then our first meeting was like the next week. And we had so many people, like the, so many people in the Unity House, like I swear, like we couldn't fit everybody. So it was so great to see um, at least just the queer community at Merrimack be growing and being very proud um, to come to these meetings and everything. So that was just my little spiel on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I remember talking to Rachel and the eboard afterwards and we were like, are we going to have to find a new place to meet? Like we can't fit all these people in this tiny little living room in the unity house um and that was like really cool to see especially like I've been I've been here for three years and like Rachel like I remember my first GSA meeting and it was like not that many people and so it was it was insane to see um it expand and and the community to grow um but also kind of adding on to what to what Maddie said about like by the time we are seniors we hope that like things will be different it's like the there's a certain amount of pressure that I put on myself, nobody else does this, it's all me, but um, there's a certain amount of pressure that I put on myself to have like a legacy of sorts that I leave here. Um, and a lot of times what I tell myself is like, you know, if I fight for this, other trans students won't have to, other LGBTQ students won't have to. Um, and a lot of times that's a big kind of pressure to put on myself, um, but it's important to me because I want Merrimack to be a space and or to have a space where queer people or people in the community um, or even people who aren't in the community but supporters of the community can feel safe to um, be themselves and express their opinions and have pride and and come to GSA meetings and and just be proud to be. Um, And so I think this idea of a legacy is something that I know a lot of the members on my e-board Um, share and it's something that we talk about fairly regularly as well Uh, just because this gets me so like happy just thinking about how far GSA and everyone else has come and I'm sure Rowan your your legacy is going to be huge when you leave I'm sure there's going to be like a Rowan like plaque somewhere I'm sure (laughs) Um, but uh what was I gonna say oh yeah okay so um this is a little inside joke but um shout out to all the bisexuals in Merrimack because they blew through all of our pins at the involvement fair and we're still trying to get more so uh I'm sure that's a big community on Merrimack campus um but also I just feel like GSA has become less of a 
weekly like I feel like when I did it in freshman year it was just more like people just showing up for an hour but now I feel like I recognize people that go I talk to them outside of the club and um (laughs) my fellow GSA members know who I'm talking about here but I convinced a few of my straight male friends to come which is I'd say a pretty new addition to the GSA crowd because freshman year when I went it was only like a a gaggle of queer kids with me and that was about it but I feel like it's becoming more of a club oops <laughs> we're only showing some love to them <laughs> no I love that I think you made some incredible points and even I, I've been able to see this when I went to the involvement fair I kind of hung back a little bit I was I was watching your guys's table but I didn't want to I didn't want to take anything that like I, I really wanted a flag but I wanted to make sure that everyone who really wanted a flag could have one and I came back at the end and all the flags were gone. And I was very, very impressed and surprised that you all cleared out of all the merch and stuff that you guys brought. So that was that was huge to see. And I liked what you were talking about with baby steps, because I think even even with you, Maddie, bringing your your straight white male friends um, to, to these events, it's it's important to bridge that gap between, you know, those who already identify and know what's going on and live these experiences and those that don't and you know aren't aware of this and um you know i think that's kind of part of the uh, the awareness aspect of it all but i wanted to pivot a little bit and ask because again we're talking about these baby steps and you know we're seeing it on campus and i i agree these these baby steps are good not exactly great in terms of getting towards the big goals we want to get but baby steps are important and we see that a lot with this country we see this a lot with the world but in this country it feels like sometimes we take a step forward and two steps back and it can be a little discouraging and disheartening to see um but what other than the leaders of this country who are passing some wild legislation that totally diminishes what um trans visibility day is trying to accomplish um what what do you see though in the nation i mean in terms of you all have seen that the students have been reactive to your groups on campus. What do you think about the people of America and our society as a whole? Do you think that we are still taking baby steps despite a couple steps back that we're seeing in the media and in the news and in legislation? Yeah, Rowan. Um, you know, I try my my best to not let those things discourage me because I think a lot of the time and there has been periods of time where these things have been happening behind the scenes where they haven't been in the media as much. Um, and, you know, so I try to remind myself that before all of these things have happening, we have been still making progress in the face of these two steps backward, as, as you put it. And I think that's a perfect way to put it. Um, and I think part of the reason we're seeing such um, big upticks in our numbers is because nowadays people are longing for a place to feel like they belong, um, especially in the face of all these hardships, especially in the face of, of all these bills that that feel like they're othering um, trans people, LGBTQ people in general. Um, and I think, you know, people are, are still persevering and continuing to be themselves in the face of all of that. And I think that's really beautiful. And I think that's why spaces like GSA are so important because we offer a safe space for everybody no matter if you're John or Nolan, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a shout out because they really are awesome. Maddie's two friends um, who come to uh, our meetings all the time. Whether it's um, 
you know, little freshman me who showed up because I had no friends who looked like me or who were like me, um, whether it be anybody who comes to our circle. Like, I think that's it's really important that we have this community in the face of all these hardships, because we have to remind ourselves that these things happen and progress is never linear. Right. So you're going to make a step forward and then you're going to get knocked two steps back, but then you're going to make two steps forward and then you're going to get knocked two steps back. And, you know, like, like you're, it's, it's kind of like a treadmill a little bit and eventually like, we're going to get off the treadmill, but like, we got to keep going we got to keep doing it. Um, and so having that space where we can all build each other up and allowing people to say, this really sucks. And I am feeling a lot of emotions about it. And you acknowledge that and you say, okay, let's, let's sit and let's be sad together, but we're going to get up tomorrow and, and we're going to make a plan and we're going to see what we as an organization on campus can do to help further our progress. I so agree with that. Um, it is really hard to kind of, I feel like I can't really watch the news that much anymore because if you focus too much on the grand picture and if you focus on what the media is choosing to show, it seems like we aren't making any progress at all. And I totally agree with Rowan's idea that like, it is like a treadmill because um, I certainly feel like I've seen a bit of change not just in school but in my general life like I remember when I came to Merrimack in my freshman year I was so shocked when they asked for pronouns because I went to a very like uh, how do I put this a rural like high school kind of not very like connected to a city or anything and kind of just a little backwards in some ways but when I was asked for pronouns I just realized oh this is what Merrimack's going to be this is how it's going to be they're gonna respect pronouns at least hopefully they respect pronouns and just stuff like that and I feel like even now like I feel like there's just so much life to the community that I didn't see before and I feel like everyone has their own perspective on things sometimes it seems like it's never going to change but then something good happens and then you know you change your ideas on that but I feel like as long as you focus on the progress going on around you and not what's happening it, all the time in, you know, a place separate from you, it's a little easier to handle, but I definitely feel like we are somewhat moving in the right direction, just not at a good pace, I guess. I think that's why visibility is so important. Um, you know, when you were talking before about legacy, um, I, I thought about, you know, Rowan, you and I have, have talked about the ways in which the college now allows um, students to have IDs that reflect, right, their, their names, their identities, and so forth. And um, that process didn't exist until, right, you decided you were going to advocate for yourself and make it happen. And it's not a small thing, actually. It's a, it's a big thing because it's another form of visibility, right? It, you know, how your name appears on my Zoom screen um, or in my roster or in an email address is no small thing. It's how you're represented to your classmates and to the rest of this community. Um, and that alone to me is a huge um, part of, the, of your legacy, but also of really thinking about what it means to be visible and to be seen. Thank you. I appreciate that because, you know, it was, it wasn't easy. Um, and I, I won't lie. It was, it was a lot. And there were some moments where, like I said, uh, um, you have moments where you're like, this sucks and I need to sit and let it suck for five seconds 
because otherwise I will not be able to move forward and, and keep fighting for this change. But it's because of circles like GSA or my friends and just all these people that love and support me who are like, yup, this sucks. And we're going to kick down whatever door we have to, we're going to, we're going to like, we're going to, we're going to do this and we're going to get it done. And so it's, yes, I, I would consider that part of my legacy, but I would, I would attribute that to a hundreds of different people, like people checking up on me, people asking me how I was doing, people asking me uh, where they could help. You know, Susan Marine was who introduced me to a lot of the, the higher ups who helped me get to where I needed to get to and get to who I needed to talk to. Um, a couple of my professors, Kevin Salemi, Tiffany Began Stearns, um, all these wonderful people who stood up for me and advocated for me um, in the face of a lot of people saying, hey, like, shush, let's keep it down. Um, and that's really awesome. So I I appreciate you um, mentioning that. And I also just want to mention that that that's a huge group effort. Like like everybody was there for me and, and pulled for me. And and it was really, really special and, and heartwarming to see all these people come together to help me get something done that I felt was really important. I think that's the point of, of being visible, right? That when you are visible, whether it's just being yourself or whether it is about making change, you find the other people, the other the people who agree and support, they make themselves visible too, right? I, I'm hanging up on this word visibility because I think it's the really important piece of the March 31st you know, trans day of visibility or visibility day, I think we can't underestimate what the power of visibility is. Um, because once you are seen, you, you can also see who your allies are. You can also form a community. Um, and by forming communities, finding your allies, you also can find those who seek the same kinds of change that you do. Um, and so that's why I think it's so amazing the numbers of, of students who are now joining the GSA in comparison because you are all visible now and you're not just to each other, but to the larger community. I think too, just as you said that, I wanna make an addendum to something I said, which was the first step is listening. Um, and I, I agree, but I'm gonna add a second first step. Um, and I'm gonna say that you're right, it is being seen. And it's it's in order to listen, you have to first acknowledge that there's something that we need to change. Um, and that's why visibility is so important, trans visibility, visibility in general about the LGBTQ community. But um, obviously, we're just talking about trans visibility today. But it's so important because in order to first recognize that there's a problem, you have to see the problem. Um, and then you can go forward. So I, I agree with you. And that was a good one. Yeah, that, that definitely was a good one. That one had me thinking too. Uh, so to add in Rowan's edition of the second first part, uh, I definitely agree that like seeing the problem is what makes people think about the problem. And even for like, you know, people who aren't in the community or people who just don't really know, I feel like that also helps you just realize that there is a problem because um, I, I had a lot of people in my life like ask me, about what pronouns were and ask me about preferred names and just asking me all these things that they never really thought about in their lives. And I just feel like that exposure, that like what Rowan did and what everyone did to get Merrimack to do what they needed to do. I just feel like that and not keeping it quiet is so important because that makes people who are outside of it kind of understand why it's happening. Cause if you don't know why 
problems happening, you're not going to care about it. So I feel like it's just important for everyone to hear it, not just the important people, I guess, to hear it. Being seen, too, I think is in some ways an act of bravery. And I, I mean that no matter who we are, right? To be seen as our true selves is an act of bravery and an act of courage. And it is connected to this idea of legacy in some ways as well, because not everybody's going to fight the fight. Not everybody's going to, to make the efforts for change because they fear being seen or because they don't want to make trouble. Or um, So I think those two things go hand in hand, the willingness to be seen for who you are, to be a visible component of a community and to say, and, and in doing so, you're saying, I deserve to be here and I deserve to be accepted and loved and embraced um, for myself. Um, I think that is step one to then saying, and here's what I need and what others, others like me need in, or to, in order to be welcomed and, and integrated into this community on an equal level. Any other thoughts or um, comments? You have anything else you want people to take away or think about on, you know, when you were talking about the Trans Day of Visibility, I, I, the way you were talking about it, I was thinking of it as a kind of birthday. Um, even though, of course, it's not a birthday, but I have a birthday coming up, so maybe I have birthday on the brain. But I also do think of things like this, right? It's a, it, when I think of a birthday, I think of a, a special day of acknowledging the existence of, you know, me coming into the world or you coming into the world. And I feel like the Trans Day of Visibility is a kind of birthday. It's, it, it, what do you think about that metaphor? Yeah, Rachel. Um, that was really beautiful just to, I never, cause I never thought, well, I didn't think about it. Like, you know, it's a birthday, but like it really is. And I think focusing on the celebration, but I know I earlier was saying like, we got to focus on celebrating, but also have to focus on what else we need to do. And I think the celebration part, it should really be underlined. Um, cause I just feel like trans visibility it's, you know, for trans people, it's we're here. We've always been here and we're still going to be here. And I think, um, I think it's just really important. I completely agree. I love the birthday analogy. Um, I think, and to add to what Rachel says is like, yes, we, it's a day to remember, okay, we're here, but also we have to move forward. But I also sometimes think of it as a pause from the, the focusing on progress and what we still have to do. And instead focusing on, wow, look at what we've done. <laughs> um, because obviously there's, um, amazing uh, trans figures who have come before us and and will come after us um, and are here now. And it's awesome to look at those and allow it to bring you hope and, and kind of lift you up, especially in times like this where we're seeing a lot of um, anti-trans bills and, and discourse about trans people in general. Um, and so I love, I love the birthday analogy. I know like, especially in the trans community too, we, we celebrate birthdays at weird times, you know, like your, your date when you first started hormones, your date when you first got a life-changing surgery, you know, um, the day when you first came out. And a lot of times I know people, I have a friend of mine, his name is Ben. He um, <laughs> is a speaker on trans issues and I've been trying to subliminally, subliminally get Merrimack to bring him onto campus. Um, so maybe this will get it done, but, um, he once was, was telling me a story about, uh, something called like the maniversary because he started hormones and that was like his maniversary. And so every year, um, that he surpasses surgery or 
testosterone or something, I'll text him and I'll be like, happy anniversary, like happy birthday, you know, like this is you becoming yourself. Um, and so I really do like the birthday analogy. I also love the birthday analogy. Um, I, I feel like a lot of pride, pride based holidays, I guess sometimes turn a bit sour when you do kind of look back and also just kind of thinking about how much there needs to be done. I like what Rowan said about like seeing how far we've come. And I feel like it is definitely a day to pause from everything and just kind of make a vacuum of just like appreciation and love and just being like, Hey, you've done this. We're so proud of you. And (laughs) I also send like texts like that to my trans friends. Um, One of my friends recently got on testosterone and I was acting like we just won like the Super Bowl or something because I was so happy because I knew they wanted it for so long. And then one of my other friends has been on testosterone for a long time, or at least it feels like a long time. And I just, I always just love to just remind them of just like how far they've come and stuff. And I'll definitely use the trans day of visibility to do that. But I feel like it is important to just focus on everyone's individual progress and also their progress as a community, not just oh, this isn't happening yet, so let's be sad about it, I guess. (laughs) I think that's a really good point, Maddie, because obviously, I mean, especially for the trans community, but really for any community, if you look at history, it can be dark and depressing. But I really think with the founding, especially in 2009, there's a lot to celebrate. And with this birthday analogy, there's a lot to celebrate. And I think we are turning the page on on a new era and a new generation. Let us know what upcoming events you got for any Merrimack students or even faculty that are listening to this and are looking for this community and lo- looking to to be a part of this. Uh, w- what can they do? Where can they go? What what what's what what's some resources and and events coming up in in your your world? Um. So. GSA meets um every other Monday in the Unity House at five. Um. So there we just, um, sometimes we have more informational meetings. Sometimes we have more chill, relax, hangout meetings. Um, so there's that. Um, you can follow us on social media. I think, ooh, I think it's Merrimack underscore GSA. Someone else might have to correct me on that. Um, so yeah. Oh, we also have um, a very big, very fun event coming up on um, ooh, April 9th. Um, in Cashel Hall, we are having our first ever Unity Ball and it's co-sponsored with GEM, um, Gender Equality at Merrimack. And it's just kind of like a fun little party basically um, for all of our friends. (laughs) If anyone else has anything to add. Also, plug. I will be DJing that event. So I'm super excited to be able to provide the music and DJ for your Unity Ball. And I'm so hyped on that. Yes, I can't wait. Um, yeah, so we have we have Unity Ball coming up, which is really exciting. That's another thing that I kind of talked about as wanting to be GSA and Gems Legacy. Um, it's basically going to be kind of uh, it, the idea was born through the lens of of a lot of queer people having um, complicated prom experiences. Um, I know myself; like I wasn't, I went to a parochial school, so I wasn't allowed to go to prom with a girl because they still had my gender as female in the school system. Um, and so for me, it's, it's kind of an experience of, of like a redo, but on my own terms, um, wear whatever you want, be whoever you want, be with whoever you want. Um, and it's going to be, uh, just a really cool night to celebrate that. 
Yeah, just to add on to that, this event has been a long time coming and it is a huge labor of love and work from all of us in GSA and GEM. And I really hope that whoever's listening to this, even if you, even if like you don't have anyone to go with, please just come. And if you listen to the podcast, please let us know, because I would love to hear what everyone's thoughts are on this. And I also just want to hear voices other than mine. Uh, so please just come. And um, I just hope that it can be a tradition almost, because I feel like everyone's proms are weird. And I feel like queer people especially have a complicated view of prom and just a weird perspective on it. And I hope that this can kind of fix that and also just give everyone a night to decompress and just have a good party before the end of the year, I guess. That's great. Um, they all sound like wonderful um, events that you have coming up and, and I hope we get lots more people to join the GSA after listening to this episode. So here's my closing question to all of you. Since you like the birthday metaphor, um, one of the things you do when it's your birthday, right, is you have a cake and you make a wish. So if you had to make a wish for Trans Day of Visibility, what would you wish for? You know, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, I think I would wish for just continued success and continued um, well-being for every single trans person, um, just because, you know, it is hard. Um, at times. And it's hard to feel like, uh, like, like Michael was saying that there's legislature against you and, and there's a whole group of people out there who are against you. And that's, that's really heavy. And so I want um, a lot of trans people to just, and trans people out there listening to this trans people in general, um, to just know that, that there is hope and we are making progress and there are people who are fighting for you. Um, and, and I, I've definitely said this on your podcast before, but don't forget to just be and allow yourself to exist and you're allowed to exist and and just I would I would wish for for every trans person to be able to feel that that trans joy and and joy in general and just feel comfortable existing. Uh, that may be almost tear up almost um the trans joy part that was just really sweet but I also just wish for trans people to just be able to feel comfortable and just feel like they can exist because I understand that isolating feeling a bit of just feeling like you don't have the right almost to exist in the world that we have, but I really just want not only like where everyone exists, but also I, I really hope Merrimack can be that place. I hope Merrimack can become like the escape for maybe trans students who are having a harder time at home. And I just hope that that um, progress that we're seeing can continue not just on campus, but in general. Um, my wish, very simple, very hippy dippy, um, just peace and love. Like I'm just <laughs> peace and love to everyone really. Um, especially our trans friends, um, because the world is tough out there. So that's what I wish for. <laughs> Got an idea for an episode or want to join our team? Email us at livingoutloud at merrimack.edu. Executive producers are Deborah Michaels and Tiffany Begensterns. Producers are Michael Senoff.
Living Out Loud is made possible with the generous support of a Provost Innovation Grant and assistance from the Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning.